Welcome to the Seventh Art Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Robertson. I am a producer on the show. Joining me here is Christopher Heron. He's the host of the show. Um, the interview you're about to hear is with Austrian filmmaker Goat Spielmann. He was in town for TIFF 2013 with the film October November. A great filmmaker, one of my favorite films to come out of Austria, a film called Revanche. Chris sat down with him. Thoughts? Uh, this was one of our, our bigger European auteurs that we were talking to, and I think that October November was a, a film, obviously, following the success of Revanche, a lot of people were really interested in seeing where he was going to go next. Yeah. And, and technically, it's it's really his, his third straight festival. Let's not diminish the fact that Antares was a, a, a big festival film as well. So, I mean, he had two very strong films that were leading up to this and um, I think it's a very interesting film I think as we can see that there's a kind of critical division it's a film that is it's not dissimilar in its style to his his other films but the narrative is pretty complex Mm -hmm. and it's complex in ways that I would say not a lot of films are so uh, I feel like there's there's going to be a lot of late critical uh, adjustment to the film Mm -hmm. I think it's a very interesting film and that's precisely what we talk about in this interview Uh, we focus pretty extensively on October, November. We talk a bit about how it relates to Revanche and Antares, and uh, we do even talk a little bit about his early uh, festival successes and and whether or not he feels that he's uh, developed significantly uh, at at this point as a filmmaker. So, Goat Spielman, uh, The Seventh Art, TIFF 2013. Enjoy. The second director that's distributed by the mug that I have. Pardon me. Your, your, your revanche was distributed by Janus, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a good job with it. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I I, uh, I know too little to urge, but I tr- trust them. Extraordinary, and and uh, I like the way they understood them, the work, mm. how they. No, it was it was great to work mm. with them. Yeah, I felt somehow at home. All right, then we'll start with um, the start. How did you come to this project? Well, that's always a complicated question because uh, all of my projects have roots somewhere. Mm. Even I don't don't really know. Uh, where from they come, but uh, in that case it was it was uh, a story I worked on years ago. Didn't finish it because something was missing. It was not. Uh, it didn't come to a point where I where I uh, had the impression that this is uh, a, a story that has to be told now. Mm. After Revanche, which. Uh, you maybe know was a, a huge success. I um, um, one of my one of my plans to to uh, to deal with that success was to to answer to it with a high artistic risk. Mm. I, I of course there were possibilities, you know, to make now commercial movies, and and, and I had the offers, but. Um, I wanted to use it for for making a very risky mm. 
film as next. And the second thing is I was I was interested in family structures, in family stories. And yeah, that was the that was the the beginning in my mind mm. to work on this. You said that it's a risk. When you were coming up with the story, what about it did you feel was the risky component? There are two, I think, extraordinary risky components. The first one is the structure in which uh, the, the story is told, mm. because it's kind of opposite to the usual uh, dramatic structure uh, we have in cinema and, and and not only in commercial cinema, in art house cinema as well, which works very, uh, which works, which functions, which gives you a kind of safety. Uh, the dramatic structure, the so-called classical dramaturgy. Mm. Um, this is different uh, from the structure here. It's a kind of um, it, uh, uh, epic structure told story, but epic cinema usually uh, works with a lot of uh, epic cinema usually needs a lot of things that happen mm -hmm. and yeah. and you know reach them. Mm -hmm. um, the, this story is is very clear and very very fragile in in, in some way. It's basically in one house and, and some characters and and not a lot of sensations happening, not mm. a lot of character and landscapes and things and so which which usually epic cinema needs. Mm. So it was it was a kind of of epic cinema without using the usually uh, components of epic cinema. Mm. And this is risky because uh, you don't uh, you don't uh, this is risky but to say it very short because it's somehow something new or something very different to mm. the usual to the usual way to, to tell stories to mm. to work in cinema and the second risk is that it uh, that it has um, a very asking topic I would say or better said it that the, the question that stands behind the story I think every story you tell every film uh, every novel uh, somehow hidden has a has a question mm. which is which is the basis of the story a question uh, which is analyzed or which is made more precise by telling a story mm. not in a not in a intellectual way but in a, in, in a, with, with the possibilities of, of, of telling stories with the possibilities of narrative with mm. one can say with, with the, the instruments of spirit, not of mind. So it's more complete than, mm. than intellectual or mind processes. Uh, so the question is, is very big and very fundamental. Uh, and the bigger the question, the riskier is uh, to speak about them because, mm. uh, yeah, my, uh, if, we would, if we would talk in German now, I would, exactly know which would be the final sentence now, but uh, as it is in, in English, a language which, which is not my mother language, and by the way, I didn't speak it for a long time because Toronto is the very first time I'm traveling with the movie, so mm. uh, my English is a little bit out of practice, so 
let's hope I said it already. Yeah, yeah. So the two risks, the first <coughs> is the structure and the second is the, the question which the, which the story um, tries to, to clarify. Mm. And, and this, to maybe deal with both of those points, the, uh, the question and the characters and the story seem to come after you get that first dramatic tension which is when you, you find out about the affair in, in the opening scene. Mm -hmm. um, I found that really interesting, like to have this dramatic tension before as a viewer, you know who the characters are, you know what the story is, what questions it's dealing with. Is that kind of what you're referring to as, as a way it like, goes against the conventional structure of a, of a film? Hmm. Maybe you can see that better than me, and, uh, but you might be right, yeah. I like the interpretation. Okay. Yeah. Well, one thing that I found interesting about the film coming after Revanche is the rural-urban dichotomy, which mm. are more like, I would say, complementary. They're different. They're not necessarily opposed, but they're, they're kind of complementary contrasts. And mm -hmm. those are two clearly defined spaces in, in this film. How did you approach, uh, was it is Berlin uh, versus the, the small Austrian? And Vienna. Vienna. There's a small part in Vienna oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's Berlin, Vienna, okay, and, yeah. and the main story is in that small mm. village in the, in, the, in the Alps. Yeah. As an extension from Revanche, how, how are you dealing with the, that kind of theme of, of these different spaces and how your characters interact with them? Mm -hmm. Poor. That's a very complex, very good question. And I fear my answer will be not as good as you questioned because I don't know it uh, that that uh, precisely. Mm. I feel it, but I, I don't I don't know it in a I, I can't define it in an intellectual way. But I try to say something about that. Uh, for me personally, nature is and always was something fundamental, something I need. Mm. It's uh, <laughs> friendship nature and art are things I need to live, you know, it always was like that. And I made one, when I was at the, when I was at the film academy, I made one middle-length movie playing in an alpine head. Mm. But um, all the years I had a kind of shyness to use nature in my movies mm. because uh, Maybe because I had the, the, the feeling that I, that I was not uh, far enough to, to um, tell with nature. Mm. Because it's so simple, you know. It's like nature, you just put the camera into a wood and it looks great, you know. Uh, you have to have, really have an idea which, why you do it and how you do it. And this is much more complicated to my opinion on a well, on an artistic level, which interests me. It's much more complicated to find uh, pictures and scenes in nature than in a city or in flats. That's somehow easier. Mm. It, it's, it's closer to filmmaking. It's closer to making pictures. Nature is so open. It's mm. so, it's so, uh, um, yeah. And uh, Revanche was a, was a, uh, was an important step for me in that, in that case. I had, before I made Revanche, the, the impression now I'm fine enough. I can, I can dare to use nature for telling stories. 
So, and um, since then I have the impression that, uh, that the possibilities of my film making got bigger mm. because a lot of different pictures, rooms, atmospheres, light now. And the city and, and, and the country's opponents, I think, if I understood you well, I, I, see, it, I see it not as opponents, but as two, I would say, uh, two, uh, two polarities of reality. Mm. And, and reality is neither this nor that. Mm. It's both in a, in a complex, way. So the thing mean, nature means, uh, they mean very different things. I, I, I couldn't say a city is that and nature is that, mm. but that, that's much too simple. And, and it's so simple that it's close to stupidity to, 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 to say that, you know, because a wood and or a, a, a woman walking through a wood uh, can mean extraordinary different things. It can mean uh, it can stand for stand for loneliness. It can stand for being at home. It can stand, you know, mm -hmm. when when you take the the lake in the mountains, which comes I think three times, mm -hmm. uh, and each time this the lake in the mountains uh, is seen in the story. It means something different. So I cannot say nature's dead, city's mm. dead. They, they are too rich to, to reduce them to, to, to a uh, case of, of opposition or to, to a thesis. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> reality is, is much greater as, mm. as each uh, thesis. Is this about thesis? Yeah. Or, yeah. Then each thesis we, we, we can have about. Mm. And, and that openness visually kind of provokes that interpretation, I feel, like those three scenes you're talking about, whereas the, the flat, the scenes in the flat, they seem very, like there are a lot of vertical lines. Uh, you feel a little more claustrophobic with them. Maybe it's the color palette. How did you and your, uh, your DP approach shooting those? Were you just kind of reacting to the space or did you have a particular type of apartment in mind that would uh, embody the character of Sonia? Uh, both. For me, uh, preparing a movie is uh, um, a bit like writing the last, the last uh, draft of the script, because the script with which I start to work is, is, is very precise, mm. usually. But in my mind, I keep, uh, I keep my mind open to, to change uh, when with the cast, for example, when I when I look for the cast, I, I don't only I don't only uh, look for actors who come as close as possible to my uh, imagination, but I ask myself, how will the story be changed when I take this actress or when I take this, and which draft mm. I prefer? You know what I mean. And uh, is this understandable? Yeah. yeah. And it's very similar to, to the locations. Mm. So a little bit is, 
for me, it's a little bit like uh, I, I'm preparing a movie. Is I, I had an Im imagination, mm. and with that imagination, I go to reality, and I look how reality answers to my imagination, and this answer is something that can change, uh, can change my my uh, the movie mm -hmm. uh, in the preparation. So that's one thing, and. Um, I had quite, I had quite, uh, uh, I had the flat of Sonia in front of my eyes. But I don't live in Berlin; I live in Vienna, so I'm not, I'm not so precise in knowing mm. how the different, you know, people how they live now and where and so. Uh, um, so we walked around there, looked at flats, and the moment, and then it came to that point yeah. Yeah, that, that this is, this is. This is the good answer of reality to my imagination. And how we film it, this is with uh, Martin Schlacht, who is uh, um, more than my T.O.P. He's, he's, he's one of those uh, uh, who make the movie and not only have a function mm. uh, as T.O.P. or something else. So he's really a friend. It was our fourth movie and, and uh, our our preparation work is is so that we speak very little about about uh, precise pictures mm. we speak a lot about the story about the general style we feel maybe about storytelling itself in cinema about making movies what it means mm. about what why this film we are going to make uh, is important or might be important to us. You know, it's a kind of preparation not to find the answers mm. for the questions to make, but a, a little bit to, how to say, to, to uh, enter the same wave on which we then yeah. surf through <laughs> the movie. And, uh, and if it's not necessary by, by some uh, practical reasons, uh, we don't make any. How is this called when you when you draw each? Oh, storyboarding. Yeah, yeah, we don't we don't make any storyboard. Mm. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, we really make the pictures at or decide how to film at the beginning of each shooting day, mm. and we even don't talk much about that before because mm. uh, we know that we can trust each other and trust our instincts. So usually it, it starts that I tell Martin uh, so the general structure a scene should have, which where's shot counter shot or where should be cuts, mm -hmm. what what parts of the scene or what scene I don't I want to make without any cut, what's close, what's total. So general uh, kind of general uh, structure. And, and with that, we together, and very often together with the actors, uh, we, we then find uh, the pictures, the, mm. the, the rhythm, the, the montage. Now, there's one shot, the, the near-death uh, experience, where this that is seems one. very choreographed. Like, yeah, yeah, that has to be, because it was, that's an example where we, where we had to think a lot mm. and made a kind of storyboard. It wasn't drawn but mm -hmm. storyboard in our heads or another thing was 
in Antares, if you know, the, if, if you saw it, mm -hmm. I think you saw Antares, movie of mine, the, the accident, of, this, course, yeah. of course, things like that are storyboarded, but only if it has a practical uh, necessary, mm. necessity, not, um, not in, never, never by artistic reasons. Au contraire, I think, I think uh, uh, artistic work is, is or one thing which is, which is kind of miracle and very important for artistic work, work is uh, the intuition of the moment now mm. and, and really to, to uh, that's very important in art, to my opinion. Mm. In filmmaking, it's not easy to find that points because you have so much preparation, so much organization, mm. uh, so that uh, it can easily happen that you don't work spontaneous anymore, but just uh, just do what you what you just try to reconstruct what what your imagination mm. was. So to me, it's of very important to to keep the process of filmmaking as open as possible. So that's one reason why I don't want storyboarding, mm. because I believe in the moment now when I work. Mm. And, and the more I storyboard things, the, the, the more the moment now cannot, cannot uh, emerge. Mm. And how did you achieve that, the near-death shot? Like, it, it, it couldn't Oh, that was complicated. Yeah. It was it was for sure the most complicated thing uh, seen uh, I made. Mm. We made Martin as well. We thought about that for a month. Uh, it, there are two there there are two uh, very asking things. The first is the the how to how to to make the, the I don't know the English word you know when when someone is oh the uh, CPR uh, not CPR um, I can't think of the word either <laughs> but like to to resuscitate the the resuscitation yeah like resuscitation like to the resuscitation yeah. you, you know when we we looked at movies uh, how it was made and it never was shown uh, in a realistic way. Mm. Uh, it's it's really hard to because because the actor is alive, mm -hmm. and this is very painful, and the the alive actor has to uh, has to concentrate on on being without, not being living, mm -hmm. and at the same time something very painful is made. So th this is a big problem. Mm -hmm. How to film that in a in a in a um, in a realistic, in an authentic way. Mm. That was one, one big problem in, in shooting that and making that scene. And the other thing was that, that the freedom of the, of the view which, uh, which the scene needed because mm. it's somehow a kind of near-death experience which is told with that scene. Yeah, and we really f thought very long about how to do it and mm. how to make it. And the last, the, the solution uh, was a combination of of um, of uh, real camera movements. So it was a kind of uh, tracks on the on the ceiling mm. where where we could move the camera. Had to train that the people who moved it had to train it because it had to be done very very fast and and very precise. 
so some some real movements and the second is we we shot in i'm not a technician so i think we shot in 2k or mm. so i think and we shot this scene in 4k mm. so the picture was four times bigger yeah. in the same quality as our usual picture uh, our usual uh, uh, format mm -hmm. which uh, which gave us the possibility to to make zooms and make uh, movements within the picture. So it was a combination of of of, uh, of uh, camera moving and a combination of of digital moving within the within the picture. And uh, of course, this had to be uh, uh, constructed uh, very precise because. Uh, the picture we filmed was not the picture we knew would be in mm. the film, so it had to be uh, filming and and directing the actors and, mm. and making the making the um, the uh, choreography of, of of the scene. Uh, it was not made for the picture we saw, but for the picture that will be. So mm, yeah. it was quite a complicated thing. Mm. Yeah. So uh, the narrative structure of this film, I, I think, is really interesting. Um, your last three films have all had a kind of network structure to them, but I think that with Antares and Revanche, it's a little clearer, whereas in this one, the network is almost thematic. Like, they're obviously all related, but they, each character has an affair that the others don't really know about, at least up until a certain point in the film. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, uh, when the father has his, his near-death experience, he has this vision, he has this experience that the viewer doesn't have and that the, the, the daughters don't have, but the doctor knows. And I'm, I'm mm -hmm. curious how, with each of these, it's, it's something happening below the surface, something that is away from the other characters, but this is also what unites them, and how you came across this kind of narrative structure when you were working on the, the, the writing. Hmm. I fear I don't understand. The question. So, like, I, I think that there's an interesting way that they're all connected thematically, as opposed to just like being mm -hmm. related, and how you a, a, arrived at this as like a kind of narrative structure for the film. Mm -hmm. Well, the word dramatically is maybe uh, we should we should uh, we should look at that word maybe uh, first. Mm. That we know that we speak about the same. When I speak about dramatic structure, mm. uh, I mean the basic structure of storytelling, which means a character has a conflict mm. or a will or a need or something and tries to get that yeah. or to get rid of that. And uh, the dramatic structure means the character having conflict, fighting. Mm. You know, that can be uh, very artistic. Uh, there are some movies of... of, of uh, uh, for example, Antonioni, Il Crido, if you know mm -hmm. that movie, that has a very precise dramatic structure, although it, the movie doesn't look dramatic, mm -hmm. but the structure is dramatic. Or um, Michael Haneke, he, uh, a lot of his movies are very precise within the dramatic structure. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's something different than when you say that the characters have a dramatic uh, relationships. Yeah. Uh, because the relationship between the characters is not, or the drama between 
between the characters as you described it is not the drama that that drives the story mm -hmm. so uh, writing that somehow had much more to do with space than with time mm. because uh, the dramatic structure uh, you can handle very easy within time because there is point A and, and then happens this and this then this follows and then, so it has a very clear uh, a very clear uh, um, how to say it's very clear connected with time mm -hmm. uh, the, the relationships you described between the people mm -hmm. uh, are more uh, more the, the how to say the the room of relationship that happens within the family mm -hmm. and and uh, it's maybe dramatic for the people but it's not dramatic for the story mm. so the problem was to make that intense and interesting although uh, there's not much uh, not much, um, how to say, not much uh, thing with which you can make tension mm. or makes it thrilling. Mm. And so you, you have to write and to, to do it and to act it. it, it was, it's very asking for actors mm. as well. That really each scene, each moment gets, uh, how to say, its intensity, its quality by itself mm. and not by that what happened before and what maybe will happen next. Mm. So that's very asking and, and that, was the, that, that was the thrill and that was the, the big goal of that, of, that, of that film. And I would say it is uh, this, this needs in, in writing and in, it needs uh, poetic intuition I would say mm. at one side to, to feel what can what scene can be intense after that, although there's not a clear uh, causal uh, mm. com com uh, correlation between them. And on the other side, you must know very precise uh, or be aware very precise and feel it somewhere. What is this movie about? Because the story doesn't help you. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's the... That's the that are the, uh, or were the, um, how to say, the, the basis needs for that, for that kind mm. of work. Is that why you're using so many dissolves? Is that both for time and space? How does the, the dissolve affect the film? What does dissolve mean? When one scene kind of fades into the next, like it's not just a cut, like there's a... Are there many dissolves in it? I felt there were, I wasn't counting, but I felt like there were a lot of... Ah, no, there weren't. There weren't. Uh, I don't think so. But maybe that's that's uh, in your imagination, which I would uh, like very much because, uh, yeah, it has to do with uh, scenes dissolving into each other mm. because because yeah because they belong together, you know, somehow they they belong together. They are not. There's not a conflict between mm. scenes, but. A lot of scenes are part of the same question. Mm. So, is this understandable? Yeah. 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 Um, 
I found it really interesting what scene you chose to use as the as the first scene because when you as a viewer when you get to the end of the film it's almost like that was you, a different movie almost like you mm -hmm. you've forgotten that because it's with a character that's not fully in the story it's not part of the central trio of characters uh, the the other actor and they're talking about acting which is also an interesting choice to open up the film with mm -hmm. and and as you say it kind of alludes to a past that you don't know about and even maybe another storyline that you don't really know about, you don't see a lot of the filming. So I'm curious what made you choose that as the opening scene? <laughs> um, different reasons. One is it was a kind of joke. Well, it's not the most important reason, but It's filmed so simple, you know, shot, counter shot, mm. two people speaking, not, not, not being very authentic. Uh, it's like a, a trivial uh, television movie, the scene itself, somehow. And I like that, I like that beginning, you know, mm. that, that, uh, that um, it does as if this movie one is going to see now would be much more simple. Uh, then it is going out mm. later on. But the second is, which has to do with the, with the, what is the story about? I would say if I try to define it, which always is a little bit, um, I don't really like it to define things, but because, because uh, storytelling is more than intellectual definitions mm. and to define something uh, might get the wrong impression that the story is a kind of uh, picture for a thought, mm. which is not. The story is always more than a thought, if it's a good yeah. story or, or a film. Uh, but for your question, I have, to, I have to try to define it. And I would say that the central question of, of, the, of October, November is, is, is the question of identity, mm. a very fundamental question in, in, in the life of every, everyone. Mm. Which, which, uh, which means, uh, yeah, who am I? And am I what I want to be? Why am I how I am? Uh, that's the central question of the, of, the, of the movie for me. And that was the center for me, the center, the hidden center of, mm. of, of, of the story and the, the main characters in very different ways. And uh, all of them have to do with that central question and question. Um, so, and then having that in mind, I think uh, the first scene gets, gets very, gets clear why it clarifies mm. why this, this is the first scene of the, of the film, because uh, it's a scene and two people who are very far away from that question, but uh, to have found the answer yet. Hmm. Well, she toasts to the film and he toasts to us. I thought that was interesting. Like she's mm -hmm. not even considering herself. Mm -hmm. But that's also a theme in a lot of your films is this, this concept of freedom and how to become what you want to be versus mm -hmm. the, the state that you're currently in. Is that, mm -hmm. is that something that you're conscious of when you're when you're making these films, is this something that recurs, or I would say so. I would say that's that's maybe uh, that's maybe I'm um, uh, my maybe uh, 
one of the of the basic reasons why I'm, why I tell stories. Mm. I think of storytelling, filmmaking, being an artist. This this means uh, to me it means to give something. It's an effort to give mm. to others, to an audience, to spectators, whatever. And what I want to give is, uh, I would say, a kind of belief in life and uh, energy to, to deal with the questions which exist and to believe in change to the better. Yeah. That's, and therefore, characters interest me who, who fight, who mm. fight for, for, I would say, to coming to a life which is more livingful, not more rich than or more prestige or that uh, uh, stuff which is in our society, so, so uh, a kind of drug which people are on it. But, but really to come closer to what life means. I believe in life and I believe in human beings. And, and yeah, that's a central, one of my central energies why I, I do this, what I do, mm. I would say. Was this an answer to your yeah. question? Yeah. Is, is the character of the doctor maybe the, the contrast, maybe someone that's a little more comfortable in knowing who they are and, and, and what they do? I mean, he's, he's always referred to as being very intelligent and, and well-read, and he seems to also know when he's talking with the, the father a little bit more about life and, and death and what... He seems a little more firm than all the other mm -hmm. characters. Was mm -hmm. that his kind of function in the story? I would say so, yeah. yeah. He is, uh, yeah. Um, I would say he's, he's, he's closer to himself than mm. the others and closer to the questions. Uh, but on the other side, he is a kind of lonely man as well. So maybe that's not only his own, not, not, that's not his only function as you described it, but the second might be that uh, it's not, not enough to, uh, to understand the things. Mm. Uh, in the second step, you have to put it into, into a powerful acting with, with reality, with society, mm. with relationship. You have to do something with it, you know. Mm. So there's th all this complexity with. He's a kind, of, excuse me, he's a kind yeah. of Czech, Czech, uh, Czechovian okay. character, yeah. I would say. Yeah, I think not, not, not. Uh, it was not my plan, but it might be that he's he's a little bit in, influenced by the by, Ch by Czechov mm. place. You know, the people knowing a lot, but but uh, dealing with a kind of loneliness, mm. understanding things and being quiet, but yeah, something like that. The, it seems like the complexities with the characters more than maybe anything else in the film, and I'm, I'm wondering how that was for the actors. What was the relationship mm. with getting these performances with characters that are that complex? Extraordinary asking, of course, yeah. because the, the dramatic structure makes it much easier for an actor as well, mm. because he knows what the story is, and, and, and the character somehow then gets becomes the, the function of the story. Mm. In that case, the characters were not functions. 
they had to be something for themselves, which, and there are a lot of relationships within that f family, as mm. you described. So we had to work on that. Uh, I always, uh, I always rehearse before I start shooting each movie, but some two weeks mm. where we work with the actors and, and we, we concentrate on the characters and, and, and that's what we did. We worked a lot that they, that they could have a, a, a high uh, self-confidence uh, about the characters, mm. about the relationships in each scene. Mm. It's very asking. It was very asking for them, and I think they really were wonderful. Mm. Yeah. And, and what about the fact that there's a, a, the TV movie within the film as well? What is that kind of referring to? It? It's described as being a little, what we would say is like rote or like kind of mechanical, but also successful. Like she's successful for a reason. People seem to watch these movies, but no one involved seems to think artistically very highly of them. Yeah, that's, well, that's what most of filmmaking in this world is. Mm. That's how films are made. The others are exceptions, mm -hmm. the small part, yeah. And that has to do, yeah, she's successful in, in she's successful in, with her job in, in, in society. She earns a lot of money, she's known. She has a kind of status, but uh, she feels that that's not enough, mm. or that's just a kind of, uh, I miss a German word now, an English word now. Uh, it's not the real thing, it's something... Uh, like a verisimilitude? Like it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So that's her part um, of conflict in life, mm. and that's why she has to go on because she feels that's that's not it although everyone would say wow you're successful you have money you're wonderful mm. you are. there's a scene where this happens in the, in the movie but it's not enough and she's right that it's not enough because this is not enough mm. never it's also always kind of risky to have a film within a film too right like you're seeing yeah. the shots that they're constructing versus the shots that you're constructing. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, that's risky, but in that case, it was not that risky because uh, the film in the film is such a different filmmaking than the filmmaking of the film yeah. <laughs> that uh, it was more joyful yeah. to make that. But it was complicated. Uh, complicated to um, uh, some some shots were quite quite tricky because the f the camera in the film the film in film camera moves our camera moves so uh, there had to be f found scenes which make sense for the film in mm -hmm. film but on the other side make sense for us to film it so it was it was tricky yeah, mm -hmm. tricky to direct and, and to find but um, yeah, the, 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 as this was is a filmmaking, which the average filmmaking as it is made most most of movies in, and our work is very different from that. Mm. I didn't feel such a problem in that case because yeah, it's not about our filmmaking; it's about the kind of filmmaking.
And was it challenging to similarly come up with the, the lines of dialogue for the film within a film because they're so different than maybe what you're used to? That was that really was hard work to write. Yeah, I wrote the scenes and I think it took me sleepless nights <laughs> because it's not my language. It's not. It's just. <laughs> and and then it, it was it was it was complicated. It would have been easy if 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 we would uh, if we would have told that how to say in a in a just in a critical way or with some arrogance, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, what I didn't want, not at all, because people work. They do. They have. Uh, yeah. They. Uh, there's no, no need to be uh, prepotent or, is this an English word, prepotent? No. Pretentious? Pretentious, yeah, yeah or arrogant. Yeah. Or, so it was, that it was hard to write that, but not to, uh, I'm very sorry because this is... To be critical of it or to like be ironic? Yeah, just be crit ironic, yeah, yeah, just in an ironic way. I think, würde, weißt du was würde heißt? He doesn't tell me, I miss one word, which... Dignity, with uh, to, to film it without dignity, ah, you know, yeah. because because uh, uh, that was the problem, and it was hard to write and 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 to find that 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 the right scenes which are average filmmaking, mm -hmm. not interesting, but to to leave that in dignity, in a kind of dignity, mm. you know, not just. To show this bullshit, and uh, so that would have been easy. Yeah. That's always easy, and and that was for the dialogues, for example. That was hell to write. That you know, to write bad dialogues, but so that they are good written, mm -hmm. good written bad dialogues. <laughs> that's really, that's really not easy to write. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always uh, curious about your music choices in this one in particular because I'm a Morton Feldman fan. So, are you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I, it, it seems like it, it sets the stage in a way, and then it's absent for so long. Why that in particular? What what were you trying to kind of cue in the viewer when they're hearing that before the first scene? Well, uh, the 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 center for for the this, the, the the central question was the the near death experience mm -hmm. because there I wanted. I wanted to have some kind of music, mm -hmm. and um, we tried a lot of things. We looked, uh, we listened to a lot of to a lot of music. We found some things that fit fantastic, but too fantastic mm -hmm. because it then got to. Uh, for example, one one piece of avopert, it, mm. it it would make the scene, you know, overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But it's a kind of, um, yeah, in a, in a in a more profound way, this would have been wrong. Mm. And I listened to a lot of music, and and a friend of mine, he uh, he's a pianist, and he saw the movie, and and I invited him because and and asked him if he had an other idea for music. Uh, which could be in that scene, and he um, he uh, played that that uh, that Morton Feldman mm. piece. He made it uh, a CD out of that as a pianist. Mm. And when he saw the the, the movie, he said, ah, "That might fit. Listen to that." And we did, and it, this really was was perfect because 
it's a kind of, uh, yeah, it's a very spiritual music, mm. I think. Mm -hmm. But without the, but in a very clear and very, very uh, unpathetic way. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So it, it, the music comes from somewhere else. Mm. This music comes from somewhere else. But uh, it makes no noise at all about coming from somewhere else. Mm. It's just there, as if it would have been there in its easiness, and simplicity, its complexity in the other way. So mm. it was, it was um, wonderful to find. To, to have found that piece. Mm. I didn't know it before I found it. I found it looking for the, for the music for mm. that. It seems like it's, it's operating in a similar way as the title, which is, is very precise, but also it sets a tone that you don't fully, it, it, it's not so, what's the word? Um, it's precise, but it's not, you don't have a specific meaning attached to it when you, when you hear it, but it kind of sets a, a tone for the, the film. Mm -hmm. How did you uh, finally arrive on as that? At Pardon? That? How? How did you arrive at the title? Like, how did you decide to go with something like October, November for the film? You mean the the? the uh, you mean not the title music? You mean the yeah, title, title itself? itself yeah. 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 Okay. Um, well, first of all, it's I like the sound. Yeah. October, November. I say it in German now because October, November. This is like a small poem, you know, mm. like a haiku, October, November. Uh, secondly, it is um, October, November, one has at once the, the knows that this is part of something. Mm. It's December, it's uh, September, you know, and, and this, this has a lot to do with the, with the movie that mm. it's, what we tell is part of something bigger. Mm. So we like it for poetical and October, November. How do you like the title? It, 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 it's interesting because it's so familiar, but it's, it's not like you don't know what it means to the film. Mm -hmm. Then you see it and you, you get a kind of idea of the season. And I think it also depends on your relationship with the season, like the, the mm -hmm. autumn, like mm -hmm. it, it's kind of inviting the viewer into to have their own experience with it. Mm -hmm. I guess that's kind of like the mortality in the film, which is for some people this is something they're, they're afraid of or it's been something uh, that's created tension in their lives, but for other people and the characters in this film it seems almost like it's productive or mm -hmm. there's a growth attached to it, even especially for the father who in the film is saying to his grandson to not worry about that. Mm -hmm. Is that the, the, the progression of mortality, is that something that you were considering in this film? Like, can it be productive or is it always necessarily a negative thing when someone passes away? Well, if, if, let me say it in a, in a, um, let me try to give an answer. Uh, the, the most certain thing in our life is that we will die. That's what we know. And uh, yeah, it's our biggest certainty of life. Our life, the biggest certainty of our life is that it's not endless. 
So uh, if this would be negative, life itself would be negative. And as I told you before, I believe in life mm. fundamentally. It's a belief, you know. Uh, I believe in life as being something precious and, and, and great and having some hidden sense in it. And if this is so, uh, uh, the fact that all of us will pass away once uh, cannot be negative. And that's one, one possible answer. Mm. Another is that uh, I made the experience and, and friends of mine and, and, and uh, made it as well and, and, and told me that it can be something very r rich when you get the possibility to, to be on the side of someone who loves when he passes away. This is not only something cruel and, 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 and a horror also. Mm. It can, uh, people can, uh, uh, it ca can make you strong. It can, it can give you something, I would say, holy. It opens your minds, it open, opens your senses. Mm. It, it, it makes you more intensive. It makes you maybe uh, more awake. So uh, this is something as sad it is when someone you love passes away. But but this experience is can be and very often is something extraordinarily important and rich. And that's how it's in the movie. And that's what I tried to show mm. or to not to show to to let feel an audience because that's extraordinary seldom in cinema i nearly don't know another movie i know maybe two where where this experience which is which is an ordinary experience each each human being makes earlier or later that this experience really is, is, is told, is, is, is felt in cinema. Death usually is, I don't know, it's something that happens or it's the end of everything, but uh, I don't believe that death just happens. Mm. It's always something extraordinary, mysterious and extraordinary, big and profound. Mm. And on the other side, I don't believe in death uh, as something uh, fading away into into nothing and and the horror and, and the end of everything mm. because if that would be so uh, life wouldn't be that uh, that uh, great as i feel that it is mm. and we're talking about this film and, and we're talking about the ambitions you're mentioning there uh, and and the riskiness that's associated in the complexity of this film and it, it seems like it's, a, it's growing out of your last two especially. And I'm wondering if you're seeing your, your filmography or your career as, as a trajectory and if there's like a, a difference between, we were talking about uh, The Neighbor and The Stranger. Those seem like very far removed from where you're at now. Mm. Are, are you aware of this kind of path that you're on with your films? Or do you see, like is there a, 
a kind of gap that exists between the more recent films and the ones of the past, or are they all kind of of a piece? Mm, well, um, that's a very good question. Again, there are two. Um, this is <laughs> the answer, again, just can be a complex answer. One, uh, at one side, uh, I did not change fundamentally from then to now. Mm. Uh, and I have the impression I did not change fundamentally pro profoundly since I'm seven, you know. There's something, something not only in, in me, but I think in each human being, there's something, a kind of center which, which you have and, and where, you, where, where everything comes from. Mm. But on the other side, of course, you, 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 uh, you change and you, you make a kind of evolution. And those movies you mentioned, The Neighbor or, or The Stranger, yeah, sometimes they are, they are like, like movies of my small brother, mm. you know, kind of. Um, but on the other side, I know that where I'm, where my filmmaking is now, or is in the in that last movies I made, how they are, I even at that time felt that's where I want to go. Mm. So I would say it's the movies now are somehow beginning there in the earlier movies, and there are similarities. Uh, I would say, uh, the view of the world, the, 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 how I deal with characters, the form in some way, uh, being very aware of the formal aspects. Also, it, it had a different style than my newer work, but, but the, the consciousness of form is the same. So. Yeah, to me they are far away, but but very familiar mm. at one time. Mm. The the form you're, you're mentioning, it, it it's it's aware of itself, but they're not formalist films. Like there's yeah. a kind of yeah, yeah. naturalism. It, it's interesting. It reminds me of when, I guess, uh, like when Fellini went, uh, or or generally when the Italian neorealists kind of went into more of a a realism that was a, a subjective realism as opposed to just like. A documentary realism, and your films tend to not have a formless quality, but there is a density to them, like the the shots that seem like that awareness. And is, is that how would you characterize the process of having a formal awareness in these the more recent films? I like your questions. But they are quite asking. <laughs> <laughs> I fear I'm, I'm now my English is too bad, and I'm too tired now to to, to give you an answer that 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 comes close to the quality of your question. But I maybe one sentence. I think uh, in the 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 formal uh, level of a movie or, or any piece of art. Uh, 
maybe tells more about uh, how the one who made it uh, sees life than what he's talking about. Mm. This is something, it's kind of miracle, I would say, or something very miraculous, but, but in the form, not in the form, but when I see a movie and it has a form and not a formalistic, uh, formalistic noise, mm -hmm. you know, which is something extraordinarily different from, from having a form. Mm -hmm. But when, when a movie has a form, a clear form, the, the filmmaker tried to give, or the filmmakers, uh, then this movie talks to me in a personal way, mm. and only then. So having a form means to be more honest, mm. to be more yourself. And uh, it means, it means, uh, to talk personal to your spectator and not hide behind uh, formalism mm. and not hide behind how movies have to be made, which both is cold. Having a form is something warm. Mm. It's hot, even if it is, even if, even if the form is reduced and quiet or so, but just having it is something hot because mm. it means I put myself into that what I try to tell you. Mm. And I don't hide behind the story, behind characters. The form is my personal voice. Mm. And it's my voice. I'm talking to you as a spectator. And when a movie has that, and to my opinion, very, it's not very often that movies have that, then I'm happy. Mm. Because then this is real communication between two, two human beings, the filmmaker and me as a spectator. He really speaks profoundly. And only if someone speaks from honesty, from, yeah, from his or her depth, uh, he or she can reach my depth. Mm. So that's, yeah, that's form. <laughs> that's form. Form is speaking personal and meaning it personal. And I would say that's the big uh, utopia of art, that it's communication in a very deep and, and very, uh, a profound and honest way. It's communication. Thank you so much. Thank you.